This episode of the pod is in loving memory of our boy, Sammy. Uh, rest in glory, glory, sir. We here at Sports Best Friends want to begin each episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and Camaragal peoples, the traditional owners of the lands on which we record. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you all are listening, always was, always will be. of Sydney, Australia, comes two energetic Aussie commentators. Ben, aka Cardi B, is a budding expert in NBA collectibles and a longtime NBA fantasy sports winner. Big T is a rookie to the whole game, wanting to grow and learn over the season. Join them on their season of exploration here on Sports Best Friends, a member of Brooklyn Netscast Media. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends NBA Fandom, a podcast as excited about the NBA as Joey G is about double doubles. Is it Joey G? Yeah, Joey G. Joshy G. No, it's Josh. Joshy G. Josh. Joshy, Joshy G. My bad. I should know. It's, he's going to be on the coin soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm T, views on my own, and I'm recording these views on the Patrick Zoom Ewing hotline with everyone's favorite card dealer, Cardi B. How are you, sir? I don't know if card dealers something yeah, good. That, uh, that's a pa- that's a past life. I, we, we run my poker my poker tournament uh, poker tournament days, but uh, I'm doing all right, mate. It's a it's a uh, it's a strange. Uh, it's been a strange week, and it's been a, a pretty tough one for us. Uh, for for those that, uh, that listen and and know, uh, one of our friends passed away uh, on Thursday. Uh, 37 years old, Sam Maxwell uh, left behind um, his wife and, and two two young girls, twins. And uh, battled with pancreatic cancer for about twelve months, and uh, so it's it's one of those things that you um, you just shake your head about, and and uh, it's it, he's such a good guy, and I don't say that just because he's not here. Um, he's just one of those guys that you um, you wonder how um, how fair any of this ever is, but for a guy like that who's just just a top bloke, um, it was just pretty tough. So um, so that's that's kind of consumed me a little bit uh, last especially the last three or four days. And so um, I wanted to mention that he's a, he was an avid South fan. Uh, he's his story to the point where he sponsored his company, sponsored the team for 20 plus years. Uh, and South have actually even put his story on the homepage of the um, South Sydney website. Um, so if you want to have a read uh, there, uh, it's, it's quite a, quite a, quite a nice tribute to him and his family. So um, pretty tough week, hard to, hard to not talk about it because it has, consumed uh everything the last few days but um yeah a bit of a bit of a tribute to the to a great bloke so i mean you say the last few days but uh sammy his family and all of his close friends and he has a lot because he was such a great bloke um i've been doing it really for for maybe a year or more that he's yeah it's fantastic every year yeah he's, mm-hmm. he, i know that he did a really great job of working through it for a period of time and and then um it came back so it's been a it's been something that's a lot of people have been working with for a long time and so 
you know, it's credit to you and Boomsy and, and all the people that I know who, who love him who have done such a great job of, of living with it, for lack of a better term. But um, I, I didn't know him as well as obviously you did, but every time I spent time with him, he was an excellent bloke. And, and that's hard for me because he's a South fan. So, you know, it's a real credit to him <laughs> that, uh, that he could be such a great bloke and, and give me so much shit because South would have to beat the Tigers in rugby league. But... Uh, and and much love to his to his partner and, and child and children as he said because that's um, you know a new chapter for them it's going to be really hard for them to deal with uh, for everyone to deal with so we we'll wish them all the best as well and and for you and all the people close to them supporting them um, yeah appreciate that mate um, I you know I, uh, I I'll transition across to something that um, would have made sort of Sam laugh as well because he's a pretty funny guy and it was the uh, feedback I got for our corrections from last week's episode <laughs> uh, from various individuals and yeah. so Sam was always the kind of guy who would uh, subtly give you some feedback without it being very direct but this was very direct <laughs> feedback that I got this week so uh, yeah. I, I want to I want to apologize uh, for some of the things that uh, some of the errors that we made last week which I thought I'd just I'd bring up so um, Atlanta, uh, the Hawks, not the Falcons, which is pointed out because one, oh, <laughs> one, one of us I'm not sure, but I'm week. positive it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna yeah. name names. Um, uh, the um, Lamarcus Aldridge is Lamarcus, not Lamar, and apparently. Uh, I should have corrected you because you said Lamar a few times. So oh, okay, we've, got, okay. we've got that one. So if he's going to be one's not gonna stick. players, mate. He's, no, he's he's, got, no, that one's not going to stick. Lamar. I couldn't even tell you now if I if Lamarcus or Lamar's right. I'm just going to do one of them every time. So that person's now going to so enjoy it, that. We're going to enjoy that. Um, the one that was that was firmly directed at me is that it's a free throw, not a three throw, which is the words uh, that I apparently struggle with <laughs> and said numerous oh, times during that. <laughs> I think that's a and, and, and the one on uh, your side, which I think you were called out on Twitter about, which is your fragrant fragrant flower. Fragrant, fragrant flower. <laughs> no, that's, that was on purpose. I love a fragrant flower. Because I just sort of so stupid flower. that they even use that, that term, that like a fragrant yeah. was just so stupid. Anyway, so no, fragrant, so, fragrant was real. I, um, and then uh, there was a couple of pronunciation ones which we'll skip over because we're probably going to mispronounce things for wait. the rest of the rest of, <laughs> rest Well, of I encourage you. This is great. Anyway. I'm glad that people are actually listening. And so I encourage you to do a bingo thing where you write them down, get a timestamp, the things that you know that Backyard, sorry, that Cardi will say and stitch up and the ones that you know uh, that, that I'll stitch up. And then if you can get, say, three, um, then I'll send you a, a congratulatory tweet of your choosing with the <laughs> artwork of your choosing because I love that. I love that someone would sit there I know Mario Siegs, excellent listener, he's listened to lots of different stupid things I've done and records a great podcast himself. And he often, um, I called him Media Watch Mario, I coined that name just because he'd often get back to me the next day with Media Watch, ABC Media Watch-esque revisions. Like you said this, you said that, this was not his name. This is the name you're trying to remember. Um, and so if we've got another one out there, a basketball Media Watch, that would be great. It, it would really help yeah. us. With my well, Lamar, uh, Lamarcus. No, Lamarcus. <laughs> Lamarcus. Okay, good. Right. So the 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 only the, the one that I I was dismissive of was that apparently I said that George Hill was with the Spurs before uh, the Bucks and um oh, and he, I love it. I love and it. and that was many many years ago. So I'll, okay. I'll stand corrected on that. He was with OKC last year. So, uh, but uh, you know, a bit of bit of a bit of a laugh uh, to start. Um, and as I say, it's the kind of thing that Sammy would have given me feedback on. So I thought <laughs> I'd, I'd introduce you to that. But uh, uh, yeah, so thanks for the feedback, everyone. 
Well, let's do some more podcasting so they can give us some feedback. Seconds. Bryant for the win. How did your sons go over the week? Two games this week only, uh, which was which was good. One today. So we'll talk we we'll talk Sacramento earlier. Um I, I sent you a, a message at the time. Uh, we played okay and we were down sort of 12 with seven minutes to go uh, and it felt like it was going to be a, a pretty disastrous game. Um, and we rattled, rallied all the way back. Um, DeAndre Ayton looked really good, 21 points, 21 rebounds, career high. Um, we let Buddy Heald on the other team hit seven threes. It was like we just let him shoot, which was really, really frustrating as a supporter to watch. Uh, but it felt like we were always in the game, and then we rallied. We got in the bonus pretty early, and um, we were able to hit um, a lot of free free throws. I can't even say it anymore. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it was headed to overtime, 1.4 seconds left, uh, Sacramento with the ball, and uh, they inbound to Harrison Barnes, and he turns around and hits a three. And it's game over, mm. and we walk off the court. So that was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, I did, I did message you about it. Um, there was a few swear words in that message. Uh, I was not happy, but no, I'm going to tell you came though, back. I had drafted a. I was writing a message to you because I watched. I must have watched the highlights of that game, um, not knowing the result, and saw that your boy um, Miles, who's the guy who was saying is excellent, an excellent, Bridges, yeah. yeah, Miles Bridges, because he puts Mikhail Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, not Miles, yeah, he's for yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. He um he dunks to to level the game and has a fantastic base, and I was like, fuck yes, he's doing it again in overtime. <laughs> this is excellent. So then I was writing that to you, and then saw that that they hit the three when that happened. It, dilly, was, dilly, dilly, it hurt. Dilly, dilly. <laughs> it, it really hurt. But but uh, we had a couple of days off, and we were back into it today. Uh, it was a good game. I would. Uh, we were down uh, to Cleveland by Cleveland's actually a really fun team to watch. So if any, if you haven't watched the game, uh, grab a game at Cleveland's cause they got some really good guys. Um, Evan Mobley is probably going to, if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to win rookie of the year. He's, he's, he's a great player and, and, and uh, built like nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen someone so long and, and with that kind of shooting stroke, I think he's the you know the new the new hybrid. But they're a really interesting team to watch because they have Ricky Rubio and they have Kevin Love, who are mm. you know savvy veterans. They've got a lot of young guys coming through who can play. And actually, they they really took it to us for the first sort of um, one and a half quarters, I guess. <laughs> uh, we were down we were down 15, 14 at one point, and um, and then uh, as they went into the second half, they came off a, a Lakers loss the night before, so they're probably mm. a little tired. And when it, we went into the half just up, and then we we sort of went away with the game in the in the third. But we we, we fell asleep again. We were up we we're up sort of twenty and fell asleep, and they made a run. And it it was a game that still went down to the last couple of minutes, but it was a really good game. Um, De, uh, DeAndre Ayton got hurt at the end. Um, a little worried about that as a Suns fan because uh, he's sort of just coming in. I think he had. 17 points, 12 rebounds. He was pretty good today. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that. Um, and then we've got a couple of couple of sort of tough, toughish games next week. So and not a bad week. Um, if we would have gone to one and uh one and five, I would have been very, I think it was one in five or one and four. Uh, I would have been really worried. Uh, but I'm happy that we've sort of won that second game now and um, we were in the other one. So not a bad week. The DeAndre Aiden bloke, mistake me if I'm wrong, is um, the bloke who you said is looking for a max rookie contract and blah blah blah. Yeah, he's been yeah, okay. he 
so he didn't sign his extension at the start of the year. Uh, they couldn't come to terms. That's it. Uh, so it, he's the one that should be playing for his extension. And and if if you watched him um, play this the Kings game, he was great. Twenty one points, twenty one rebounds. And that's what you want from a guy that's a max. Uh, and he was good today, but he didn't need to be great. And we we had a couple other guys step up. So uh, yeah, it was it was a good game. So he's not really injured. He should be alright. I haven't seen I haven't seen the update. Uh, this afternoon, so I'm hopeful that he's okay. But uh, we'll, we'll have to watch. He didn't come back. It was about eight minutes to go, I think, when he when he went out. So and um, he's listed as day to day on the fantasy. So mm. I don't know what uh, what that means. It's a right leg contusion, which could mean bloody anything. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Doesn't sound good. Um, okay. Well, I can tell you that the the Nets have ended up our our period three and three, which is. Um, you know, still not not great, but it's better than being worse. Uh, and I'm only going to talk about two of our three games, Nets and Wizards I'll start with because KD in this, like I think I mentioned last week that I'm finally coming around to just how incredible it is to have someone who just does everything all the time. Um, and so he was amazing. But I want to talk about specifically one where um, he, I'll read at real Cody Malaroy. He just tweeted, Kevin Durant, my goodness. And at Matt Brooks NBA tweeted, Kevin Durant just netted a three over a double team from damn near half court. Now that was outrageous. And he did a little smile, cheeky smile as he walked back. He's not a big emotional dude. Um, often like you see a couple of other blokes really start to shout and scream and stuff when they're going into the backcourt into defense, whereas he doesn't do much. So that smile um, was, was fantastic and just ridiculous. I think he... Um, I think the guy from the other team, had he was having a kind of back and forth with that guy. He was kind of their star from their team. I should really should have written down his name. And he just netted a three. And Durant um, just dead set strolled into the, into their half and then, and then just banked it from, from downtown. It was incredible. Um, only outdone by LeBron later that week, which we'll get to. But the other person I want to talk to, obviously, is Patty because he is making shots and creating shots at Harden Barbecue. Tweeted, Patty, I'll take a bullet for you. And I feel like it's so easy for me to find a death ride Tweet every week where someone where someone talks about how incredible he is, and at Matt Brooks NBA again, who seems to be the beat writer for um for the Nets because he just tweets so much fire. Patty Mills is already the fan favorite. It took four games, and I just love that so much. I mean, he, I said I think at the beginning that there were so many podcasts, Nets podcasts that were already talking quite highly of him and how excited I was that it wasn't just me wanting him to be good. He might actually be good, but you can see now across the socials that he he's not only a fan favorite but the Blue tick, the, the Brooklyn Nets blue tick often use him as one of the three faces, you know, to to hype up the next game that's coming. So that's just been so great as an Australian or as a person who came onto this team pretty much because of Patty Mills. It's great to see that everyone else is embracing it. Really easy for me to stay focused. So the final score for that is uh, Washington was 90 and we were 104. So that's probably one of our biggest wins so far. The offensive rebounds in that, we only had seven. They had 10. Um, and we had the same amount of rebounds, but they just had more offensive rebounds. Uh, and then largest lead in that game we, was 25 points, and theirs was two. And theirs was only, their two was only at the very, very, very beginning, and then we held on to that game the entire way. Uh, I mean, we went to sleep a little bit like you were saying in your games uh, towards the back end, but really that was the first and only game I've seen so far where we looked to control the entire game. Now, if we look at the Pacers game that happened later in that just, week. Just on that, though, um, the, that's the only loss that Washington have, right? They're oh, five okay. and one. They've been really, really. I think they've been a surprise team. So to take away a win like that um, is pretty amazing. Uh, that no one would have expected them to make the playoffs, or or they would be on that kind of 
bubble sort of team. Um, and so the fact that they're five and one, Bradley Beal is probably the guy that you were talking about before. He's been amazing, led the league in scoring last year. Uh, and they've just surrounded him with the right kind of players. And they have a couple of uh, old guys that play great defense and understand the game. Um, and so they're, they're actually a good team. So that win um, was pretty impressive given that's the only one that they've, they've lost, the only game they've lost. Have they been, I might be completely making this up, but they haven't been particularly competitive since like the ABA. Would that be true? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of, uh, I don't think they've won since the late 70s, as in they won the title. Mm. Uh, but they also uh, have had some pretty bad luck over the course of years with injury and things like um, that when they when they did have a really good team with uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal playing well together at the same time. Uh, they're unfortunately, um, John Wall got injured and then, uh, that derailed them. So they, they there's not high expectation for them this year, but uh, still a fun team to watch. Um, I watched that game. Uh, it was it was sort of closer than I thought it needed to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it was they're a good team. The other the other game I want to talk about is Nets and Pacers. I'm going to start with at Flames NBA 21 who tweeted tweeted James Harden just drew the most fouls by a play in a game 19 in a season designed entirely to stop him. Now, this is something that I, um, and he wrote, he wrote levels to this. this. This is something I wasn't too aware of until the season kind of started that I, I knew of that kind of shooting and diving into the defender and getting those calls um, that, that he would get and that people didn't really like that. And that was one thing that people didn't like about him was that he looked like he was shooting for fouls or um, landing on, on the defender as they came into his, his landing zone or whatever that term is. Um, and the other guy who'd get it was Curry as well. He got a lot of those where he'd shoot for threes and then kind of touch someone on the way down and then, and then get the end one. Um, and so there, there were some rule changes to try and prevent that. And it seemed like, for, and I know that I'm, my social media is completely geared towards Nets fans, so it seemed like there were plenty of times though where he was being fouled and he wasn't copying it. Um, and that that was distressing for us because he was playing a new role with no Kyrie and then also his old things that he'd, le- that he'd kind of leaned back on weren't there for him anymore so it was great to see that he was finally getting you know some some, some of his oldness back the, the kind of rockets uh highlights that i'd seen before am am i reading too much is this kind of like the facebook algorithm that tells you that you're right even though you're obviously wrong or is is this you follow you follow the stuff to solidify your own views yeah, right? yeah that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's what this is no i uh so they they changed the rules Deliberately, as you said, because uh, Steph Harden, uh, Trey Young for Atlanta, uh, became experts at at falling into players and or making it hard, uh, and not in a not in a way that I think the league wanted the game to go, and so they changed the rules. The funny one about this was that before that game, where he had nineteen free uh, free throws, he had five across the all the season. games prior yeah. to that mm. but it also co- his 19 also coincided with a uh a halftime chat from the head coach steve nash with the officials and all of a sudden he came back out and got every call mm. uh so as a as a neutral fan uh i would suggest there was a little bit more to it um and if you ever want to watch uh, respect to harden i mean he plays within the rules there's an amazing uh, YouTube clip where you just sort of put in uh, Harden, Harden's hook and he goes in and he manages to hook his arm around players as he goes up. So they have no choice but to foul him. And it's well within the rules. It's just maybe not the way the purists like the basketball to be played. And so um, he was averaging, I think, the lowest, um, a lowest amount of, of, um, of three throws since he started in the league. So uh, it's... It, 
I think it'll probably go back to somewhere around that sort of 10 mark, which was what he averaged last year. I don't expect it to be 19. It slows the game down. It's not that much fun to watch. But to your point, he definitely took a few games to adjust to the new officiating. And, uh, and heaps of turnovers as well, which was killing me, but, he, but he's looking good. Uh, we ended up winning that game 105-98. Again, offensive rebounds we lost and and points in the paint, 52 to the Pacers and then 36 to us, which was which is worrying me. And with all those rebounds that aren't happening, offensive rebounds that aren't happening, and all of that point in the paintness that, that wasn't happening, particularly in this game, it is making me worried around our, our big men in the middle. But, and you're going you're gonna to really struggle with this question, Cardi, <laughs> so many games we've had with offensive rebounds that we've won. We've, we've got more offensive rebounds than the other team. You won't get it. Well, I'm going to say that you guys are the greatest offensive rebound team based, based on the, uh, the premise of the, uh, the, the question. So I'll say it's like one or two. Congratulations. It is one. Uh, you, can have, you can have 10 imaginary points. And that's, of course, against the Sixers, which is a game we only jagged in the last final second. So... And, and we didn't we didn't win that offensive rebound step by many. So I'm hoping that's something that we focus on um, because because for me personally, it's, it's a really big thing. Last word on that game, I'm going to give to my new boy, Aaron, who is at Nets for two. He said, I spent this offseason looking forward to watching the Nets big three playing. I just didn't expect our big three to be Kevin Durant, Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge. And because it's written down, I won't say Lamar for you, mate. Uh, anything else? So we're looking good. I think we're three and three, as I said at the top. Uh, it's it's breaking my heart every time we're even close. Um, I'm I'm really getting to a swing of. I know I'll talk about that actually once we do this bit. Anything that's catching your league, at the moment, catching your eye in the league at the moment? Uh, there's been some great games, and and I know we touched on some of this last week, but there was a game, uh, Golden State Memphis, that went to overtime this week. And if you want to watch the 10 minute highlight on YouTube um, of Jar Morant and that was an amazing, amazing game between Steph Curry going off, them getting a big lead, um, and then Jar bringing them back. And the, even the final move that he makes on Andrew Wiggins to put them up by, I think it was up by four at that point. It was just such an amazing game. Uh, so get on get on and watch that one. Um, I've got a couple of other games we'll talk about as we, as we go through um, tonight, uh, today's pod. Um, but one fun fact was that, Yannick Noah. Do you know Yannick Noah, the tennis player? Okay. I'm just going to show my aids now. But um, there was a tribute. There's a, there's a guy called um, Joker. Joker oh, I can't even say his name. Joker Noah, Noah, who played for the Bulls for many, many years and, and became a bit of an uh, icon there. And um, this week when the Bulls-Knicks played, which was, again, a really good game, um, they cut away to his family as a tribute and he was sitting in the crowd. And his dad is Yannick Noah, who was a famous um, international tennis player. So when I was growing up, he was like one of the guys who was on the circuit and I had no idea. So that was a fun fact. Um, I shared that with a bunch of people and no one knew who he was. So um, maybe it's just a fun fact for me. <laughs> you just um, shared it to another thousand. And no, 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 Share it to everyone else. And <laughs> you should Google it. Find out. Wikipedia. Check it out. Um, but uh, no. Guy, it, it, I know but, a guy on Instagram who did all the um, artwork for it as well. So I saw lots of... Um, it was great graphics around the outside of it, attributing that Bulls guy. And um, that was great as well. I should have written that. Yeah. And if I knew you were going to talk about it, I would have written his account there, but it was great. Yeah, he was, um, he was, uh, it was a great play. He played for the Knicks as well. Um, but he, uh, they had a lot of people there for tribute. And the NBA does that really well when they bring the players back to kind of uh, tribute them and, and the way that they've contributed to a team. So uh, it was really well done. Um, so let's let's quickly talk about the Bulls then. At rightly cannot 
It's W-R-I-G-L-E-Y-K-O-I-D-T. Rightly. Who needs a girlfriend when you have the undefeated Chicago Bulls? And that was doubled down by at uh, the Bounce of the Ball podcast who said, at Brooklyn Nets AU, the rest of the Western Conference after the Chicago Bulls easily put away the Utah Jazz and start the season 5-1 and one are saying, what the fuck? Hash Bulls Nation. He's also a Bulls fan. So they are really loving life at the moment, at the moment in Chicago. It's, White Sox did pretty well in the postseason, didn't go all the way, but now they've got the Bulls doubling down, looking the goods. They had the best record since 97. Um, it's it's great to watch. Yeah. I think before today's game, uh, I would have I would have said, you know, they played Detroit twice, New Orleans, Toronto. I would have expected them to win those first four games, and then they went to New York and they lost by one. But the game was the game wasn't as close as what the score suggested. Um, and then they went and beat Utah today. I mean, that was huge. I I would have generally thought that they would have been four and two. So maybe they are the real deal. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say they are right now. Uh, they lost um, Patrick Williams uh, for the season, uh, who's a second-year player uh, and was really good for them early on and was at the end of last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they filled him in. But, I mean, they won the game today. So um, if you're a Bulls fan, which I think we've talked about before, a lot of people who are fringe fans know the Bulls because of Jordan and, and the last dance last year. So um, those guys are probably all... Guys and girls are pretty happy. Um, and there was a there was something that was said this week on a on the um, Kevin O'Connor uh, podcast where they were saying uh, when New York and Chicago have good teams, the NBA is in a good position. And and we say that about the NRL as well. When there's certain teams that are doing well, the the NRL is in a good spot, and the NBA is no different to that. These big market teams that it's great to see them to go into the United Center or go into Madison Square Garden and, and watch those guys. People want to go and see that and you see the celebrities and it's like builds the brand. So uh, I think when Chicago's winning, it's good for the league for sure. Yeah, I was, I was going to make the exact same point about both of those teams. So I'm glad that you did it. Um, yeah. the, the, only other thing, the only other thing I wanted to do was give some credit to Backyard because he pointed out some of the feedback we also got was from your beautiful, one of your beautiful brothers who said, we started one of the episodes saying, hey, let's talk about that incredible Boston game. And he went, okay, great. And he listened for another hour and then we finished the podcast and never went back to that great game. So at Worldwide Wob, who's one of the best uh, NBA Twitter accounts going, got a blue tick as well. Um, he said Celtics are addicted to double overtimes and those poor bastards, I don't think they've won either of them. Um Brutal today. Yeah. Today's was oh. brutal. They couldn't even they couldn't even get a shot at anyone who watched the game. They couldn't get a shot off at this at the end of the second uh, overtime. And and KCP uh, Caldwell Pope, who's one of the guys I talked about with Washington, um, took it, made a steal uh, just to knock the ball away, and they missed it. And it was just uh, as a Celtics fan, it's it's going to be a tough season. I think they've underachieved so far, uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the change is. They have two great players in Tatum and Brown. Uh, they just probably don't have the right supporting cast right now, but they've got, they've got a pretty good management. I'd be surprised if they, uh, if they don't end up making a move at some point. I'm was like shocked and appalled that they didn't get a shot away. I don't think I'd ever seen up until that moment. I didn't realize it, but I don't think I'd ever seen anyone do an inbound in your own half and not get a shot away. All of those situations it's that you miss or, Something like that, but they just got they just kept passing and passing. There's one guy who was mildly open on the shoulder. Um, yeah, Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, drove in a bit and turned. I was like, oh man, that was your that was your go. 
he kind yeah. of did he did a Ben Simmons-ish thing and then yeah and then they kept moving away and then the guy re- like stole that other guy's hands and that was the game was that was an incredible way to end but obviously super sad for Celtics fans and I was surprised when I just watched that um the highlight on just on Twitter because the NBA I, I heard about their licensing and how they just let anyone use footage and how that that was great for their marketing but you mentioned before about the YouTube clips and, and this I've watched so many parts of the game and it just feels so connected to so many different teams because anytime I go on the socials there is so much commentary and analysis with really great video um, from that kind of stuff so I'd already seen that highlight then saw that it was the Celtics and was surprised that it was that team not, not playing that well and, and realized that maybe I needed to change my um, how I thought they were going to play this year but that's essentially how I'm watching all of my NBA I thought it was going to be through KO and then I realized that they're not going to do as many Nets games as I as I'd anticipated but now I watch almost every game that gets played, all of them through a 10-minute highlight. Um, and then I just go and watch a Nets game and extend it if I, if I need to or if I have time to. But, yeah, I just can't believe how much more basketball I'm watching because YouTube, and it's immediate. Like, that Nets game finished. Um, I got home maybe 15 minutes later, and there was three different people who'd done different um, compilations of that highlight. That's, that's unheard of in Australia about Australian sport. Um, it, it would often take the NRL, the official NRL, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get a five-minute one done. Um, mm-hmm. And it's easier. It's easier to do because the plays and what's going to happen are way more easily time-stamped. Whereas to do an NBA one, you're not really exactly sure which of these players are going to be important. So you'd be flagging heaps of them and trying to cut that together. Like these people, the people out here doing this are an incredible um, resource that, that any sport could have. Um, it's only if you cultivate it and reward it and, and congratulate it and... Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm, it is really well done. The more and more I'm spending time in this sport, the more I'm realizing that they're doing it really, really well. Jordan, open Chicago with the lead. Let's do fantasy. How are you feeling about your things? Have you moving people in and out? I was, I scared the shit out of some people when I was relaying your story. It's about having an open spot and then subbing people in and out, depending on games, because the two people I spoke to about it. Um, both are in my league and thought there was someone in our league doing it. And one of them straight up just went, oh, I'm out then. I'm not going to do this league. Like, I can't play against someone like that. That's out. That was I was like, no, 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 it's not in ours. No, no one in our group's doing that anymore. Whatever. Um, so congratulations on, on, like, intimidating people through story. You're like, you're like some kind of boogie fantasy boogeyman that you can just scare people out of playing uh, just from your stories. Would, but anyway, how'd I, you go? I wish, it, I wish it was the case in our league. Uh um i should win this i should win again this week uh i was fortunate enough to run into one of the good teams but he has uh zion who's obviously still on the injured reserve he also has clay thompson um on his injured reserve so he loses those games and then he had uh malcolm brogdon for the paces who also went down at the end of the week and so uh, i was pretty brutal week i think i'm 150 points up with a day to play so that one should um should do well um i also had jimmy butler on my team who is being the fantasy superstar this week i think uh, across the league he's put up like 200 plus points and no one's really even close he's Played had a great so week. well against the nets yeah he's 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 been on fire and there was there was a concern that he was going to be arrested a lot this year so um he was he was a, a great keep for me uh he's looking good i mean you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the the kind of um uh, season as it gets um further down the track with resting and games and stuff but he's been really good um next week i've got a, a pretty brutal run of three of the top teams uh the next three weeks Ooh. so i need some stuff to fall my way um, next week I have uh, Dan, who's our kind of 
won a lot of our leagues um, and was the guy that I made the Dame Lillard for Bam Adebayo trade for just on draft day. Um, Dame has not been great this year. I think there's been a lot of Twitter press um, around Dame and his first four games. He's just been a little bit off. I think he's shooting less than 20% from three. Um, from a guy who was, you know, nearly automatic before. Um, but Bam also got uh, injured earlier this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. Um, most interesting, though, in our league was the first trade, which we haven't seen much. Um, and it was um, Embiid for Sabonis, um, mm. which is high risk, high reward. Um, the guy that I've spoken about on the pod uh, who should win the league um, oh, yeah, as long yeah, as he yeah. doesn't stuff it up. Yeah. He made the trade, but he actually ended So he traded, he traded him beat away for Sabonis. Um, it's an interesting one. I don't know if I would have done the trade for, I would have probably done the trade if I got Sabonis as opposed to Embiid, who looks like he might be carrying a pretty serious injury. Uh, and all he's the, the guy for the Sixers, right? He's the main yeah, guy for yeah, the yeah. Sixers mm. um, and he looks hobbled. And uh, if he goes down, that Sixers team is going to fall very, very quickly. So um, a big, big risk reward. Um, but I guess that's what the kind of fantasy is all about. So uh, interesting week coming up. I'm hoping that um, MB goes um, pretty ordinary and ends up on the on the DL. So that'll help my week. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think I'm, I'm probably gonna probably gonna hurt next three weeks. Um, is is my feeling i just i'm not sure um where i'm sitting um my pickup drop this week worked out pretty well because um i dropped uh the guy that i was playing obviously i have malcolm brogdon who uh, went down those minutes should have gone to tj mccollum so i picked up tj uh really early on and then tj at one point today in the fourth quarter was at zero fantasy points mm -hmm. so not a great pickup in the end but it, it, it really won't matter for the rest of the week but um, highly recommend keeping the roster spot open. It's a it's a it's a great way to live. Now, just for, uh, explain this to me. So, if you've got a guy and he makes some points for you, and then you trade him out, you now don't have those points anymore, right? No, you have the points on the day. Yeah, no, you get his points. Oh for the shit! Day. So you could, so I could get a hundred points for James Harden, and then the next day, trade him out and get somebody else, and I keep those hundred points that he earned me on that day, and I get to accrue points on someone else. It depends on the structure of your league, but yes, for because the most part, it, well, most that's what leagues you're doing would anyway. be, yeah, yeah okay. most leagues would. So whatever you get on that day is what you keep. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so, tell me about one, yours. Yeah. My one, yeah. I was against Knock'em Downers, who was a big, who would be, I don't, I don't know much about everyone's teams because I'm, I'm not as smart enough yet, but the, um, as a person, I know he's a big NBA dude and, and he was one of the people who was really excited about the, um, the fantasy league. So this was a good win for me. Well, I'm looking like I'm going to win. Uh, I'm up. Only 60 points, but my projection is I'll end up much higher, and I've got an extra game on top of him as well. Your boy, Valentunas, holy crap. He is carrying my motherfucking team at the moment. He's, he's on 200 at the moment, which is only the only people close to him are Durant and Harden, to give you um, some perspective. But uh, I'm loving that. He's just incredible. And Anakumba is the person pulling – Anakumba, sorry, is the person pulling his team along. So hopefully I end up with a win. Next week as well, I'm running into one of the absolute minnows – a beautiful bloke who loves all sport, but was just happy to be here to make up numbers. He he drafted um, Kyrie Irving, for example, so he's sitting on his team. So that that should be a a romp for me, um, which I'm looking forward to. And then the week after that, I've got another guy who is a beautiful bloke, loves his sport, massive South fan, but was just like, yeah, sure, I like basketball, sure, I'll do a fantasy thing. Uh, I like I like sports. So he's those two wins. If I can get through, knock him down. As that means I got through first two weeks who were massive experts, 
and then I'm running into a bit of a, a soft patch. So that's nice. all good. Could be four and oh, couldn't be yeah. four and oh. I could be doing like better than balls, the next. Oh, sorry, better balls. than the uh, yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll be the next balls, which is excitement. Uh, anyone that you've, you've earmarked that I should be looking at, um, because I do have, I've got Andre Drummond, because I know I've sent a heavy, but I do have Andre Drummond. I've got Suggs that you suggested, but I'm not using them very much. I think I've also got, I've got a C Anthony. It's not Canelo Anthony. It's because um, this guy's from Cole, Orlando. Cole, Cole Anthony. There you go. And also your boy Bridges, although he, he does some great stuff and he's recognizable, he's also only pulling in like 40-ish points um, over a couple of games. So, well, that's over two games. So, he might need to get bumped if um, if you've got someone that you think could be good for him. I think you've actually just mentioned uh, a couple there. So um, uh, Andre Drummond um, is a, is one that I would keep around. If okay. if Embiid if Embiid goes down, he's the guy most likely to fill those of minutes course. in Philly. Yeah. Um, so you'd probably keep him around. Um, Cole Anthony's been amazing uh, and probably even stronger than Suggs. I think the expectation was that Suggs would take away some of Cole Anthony's minutes in Orlando, but they've been managing to kind of coexist. And Anthony had a, a couple of huge games, one game where he had like 17 rebounds and he was just grabbing everything. So he's wow. a rebound guy as well. Wow. Um, so he's been, he's been pretty good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be getting rid of either, either of those guys. But maybe I should um, be putting them in is my point. Cause they're on my bench. So they're only getting zeros. Like I'm not actually getting any well, reward I think, of them. I think Cole Anthony is one that I'd be looking at starting uh, at the moment just because of the kind of hot streak that he's yep. been under. Um, there's another okay. guy, Wagner, um, Franz Wagner, um, who plays for Orlando. He's had a, he's, he's a rookie. Uh, he's had a pretty good couple of games. Uh, so probably one to, to worth consider. Uh, I, the tip is always to keep an eye on those kind of teams where uh, they don't have a, a huge sort of uh, outlook um, in, in the positive and they want to play a lot of their young guys to see what they've got. So you'll pick up a lot of guys that are playing 30 plus minutes and they'll, they'll be allowed to put up 20 plus shots. Um, so they're those guys. Orlando's a little bit weird in that sense, uh, only because they have a, a bunch of those guys who could probably do that. So you might get a good night from one of them and then the next night it's a different guy. So it's a little, little tougher, but um, Suggs is one that I would, I would keep around. He's okay. played okay yesterday. Uh, and um yeah, I, I I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot uh, that I, that has really isn't already been talked hasn't already been talked about or probably is available in your league at the moment because everyone's still sort of sussing out. But just keep an eye on those injuries. So anything that gets sort of remotely serious, then you, you know, make sure you're looking for the backup who's going to fill in those minutes. Okay. What about this? Is really annoying for you because you're going to do a sort of top of your head, but Haywood for Charlotte. Yep. He's averaging, I'm going only by numbers, he's averaging 32. So maybe he's one I could just swap out for Anthony at the moment who's averaging 33. Like maybe that's just a small little, just to see if Anthony, just to have a closer eye on him or? I yeah, I think, yeah, I think um, at the moment, uh, so you're saying swap Cole Anthony in for Gordon Haywood? Yeah, and not not dump him because I'm keeping them both, but, but just yep. moving, just moving Anthony into a role where he can actually make points for me because the only... I mean, to put him on the starting lineup, I've got to move James Harden or LeBron James, which I'm just, I might do James when he gets rested more. I did a really bad job of when I heard that he was injured, I forgot he was on my team. I should have fucking subbed him out. But um, when that kind of stuff happens, I'll be better with it, which is why I don't want to get rid of people. Now I think about it like Anthony, because he can cover those people who might get rested. Um, but I'm just trying to think about immediates because I haven't really done anything yet. I've realized I've just kind of sat there. It's doing well, <laughs> um, but I should probably start at least because it'll engage me with those people. So I know when things like that, 
I didn't know that he could have covered LeBron, you know what I mean? So I really should have yeah. maybe had a better look at who would cover LeBron if he goes down. Because um, DKM so, can also do it allegedly. Yeah, I'd also, uh, the way that I think about, yeah, Graham's actually been really good as well in New Orleans, especially with Zion out. Um, yeah. So he's he's one I'd also consider. I always look at the schedule. So yeah. have, the most obvious one is how many games do each of them have this week? So um, if I'm looking at, I think Charlotte have an extra game uh, next week. I need to double check that. But uh, so that, you know, look how who has the most games um, in the week. That's the most obvious okay. one. But also how many minutes they're playing. Um uh, Gordon Hayward's always been um, oft, often injured for his career. Uh, and so a lot of the time he'll sit out the second night of a back-to-back game. Uh, so you want to keep that in mind. And whereas someone like Cole Anthony and, and Devontae Graham uh, are probably going to play most nights because they're younger guys and they'll just you know yeah. run them into the ground. So, yeah, keep that in mind. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Let's look at the bet, sir. So each week we come in with a bet. The expert tries to flex on the rookie. Our current standings are, is it one and one? One, one. Yeah, it is. Okay. And this week, um, well, actually, each week, I think you're just going to do it maybe um, as long as you try and keep it as fair as possible or, or as up to chance as possible. So, no, sorry, the last week's bet was? Last week's bet was the Australian players' bet. Uh, so you needed to have four players scoring double figures during the week um, to win the bet. So it was three and a half was the over-under. Um, do you know it what could it, be? You know what it, I didn't. I, it looked pretty good because um, I know um, Josh Giddles did a double double for me, and, and the world went crazy. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, and I know that Paddy did pretty well in one of the games. But it wasn't that I could have had Paddy if he played four games, which he didn't. But I could have had Paddy get a double or get in double digits four times, right? It wasn't that I had needed to have four players. It's ne- that no, Australia it's needed to do it anyone. four times. Yeah, great, yeah. Great, great. good. That's making me feel a little bit more relaxed. But I'm still interested. So Joe, Joe, Joe Ingles saved you. Oh, uh, yeah, had, I saw that too. He had two, two, double, two, two, two games in double digits. Paddy had the one and then Josh Giddy had the two. So you ended up at five. Uh, so, so you two one up. Because he, uh, Ingles also did something great where he got a 10,000 points. Or, as I think that's how I saw it. He did some. He reached some milestone, a personal milestone, which is why everyone went crazy. Uh, I, I missed that. that so up. I'm going oh, yeah, well, to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have that one. I, I missed that, but I will double check it. Uh, let, well, so, let, you don't have to double check it. That's the great thing we found out. We'll let somebody double check it and they can let you know. I can tell us if we're wrong. So that's great. Two so and the, one. The, so that's you. Yeah, you're one up. Um, the good guys are winning. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so we need a new bet for this week. Um, I wanted to I wanted to do something a little bit different. It's something like I feel like I, I could somewhat control. So I was no. going to... <laughs> and it's a month it's a month long one and it's not really basketball related so we'll, we'll i'll keep it at that but i think it'll keep it interesting and it'll keep me motivated so every year uh i do movember uh okay. as part of as part of a, a bit of a tradition just to actually annoy my wife um and uh charities are all that 
the charities are all about annoying my wife, but I think this year with everything that's happened with Sam and, and um, you know, men's health, I think it's even more important that we're, we're thinking along that. So um, I clean shaved yesterday for uh, a Halloween costume and uh, I thought I'll do it in November. Um, I want you to give me a, a donation number that I need to get to. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make that the bet me getting to that donation number so i'll work as hard as i possibly can to get there and uh and and we'll and we'll, re- we'll assess it at the end of the month and this also encourages me not to donate which was uh yes a absolutely it was just a win for you you didn't even have to think <laughs> I'll, about i'll that. be out there going we should not do november give all your money to this charity <laughs> um well i uh, the last time i did something like this i did dry july a thousand years ago and um yep. My target was two thousand and five dollars because that was the last time we won the grand final. So nice. how do you, how do you feel about that? You can either take this the South win in twenty fourteen or when was the last time? I don't know if the Suns ever did win it. Have the Suns won it? No, uh, no. I just wanted to bring that up. So no, we'll take zero. the we'll take yeah we could do zero yeah anything <laughs> anything is we'll do the we'll do the two thousand and fourteen and I'll uh, I'll work my I'll work my my corporate contacts to see if I can pick up yes. some uh, sponsorship for us. But <laughs> so I've got to if if we get to if I get to two thousand and fourteen and one cent, yep. uh, then I win. And it's a, and this one can be a month long, so we, we won't have a result until the end of the month. I am. Um, I want. I'm happy to just take two thousand and fourteen. If you get there and and it's flat okay. two thousand and fourteen, I know it's never going to get to just one cent, but I do want that on record that you get to that number. If it ticks over to that number, then you, you did it. Um, okay. okay. And then can I also just give a quick shout out to um, the Bounce of the Ball podcast who tweeted us saying at Brooklyn Nets AU, making a bet about spotting NBA merch for a podcast banter. That's a great listen. So thanks so much for that, <laughs> <laughs> that feedback. And unfortunately now it's also insisted, like it's just created a horrible thing in my brain where I constantly now just ping everyone's merch. I saw so many Yankee hats again today. It's, it's driving me nuts, but uh, it was also great. In fact, I randomly ran into my dad who doesn't live in the same city as me. He just, they're here for something else. Hey, I'm here. Okay, great. Let's go and meet up real quick in a park. And I took a photo because he was in a Yankee hat. I was in a Yankee hat. And his grandson, my son, was also in a Yankee hat. But luckily for us, all three of us um, are actually Yankee fans. But we're just adding to the problem, unfortunately. So let's do a side bet. Because uh, I know that one's going to run for a month. A side bet. Uh, side bet in the, in the side bets, yeah. Side, side, side bet, bet in the side bet. Yeah. I love it. I love a side bet. Uh, let's do it. Let's do. Everyone loved. Everyone loves Josh, and uh, everyone's talking about him. So let's do another bet for him this week. So OKC got two games this week. Uh, so they've got uh, Lakers and Clippers, or Clippers on the first, and then the Lakers on the fourth. Uh, so let's do over under one and a half for double double. It can be so that could be points and rebounds and assists. So he's had one of those so far. Yeah. So are you going to go? You can pick. Do you want to go under one and a half or over? So is he going to do it once or is he going to do it twice? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take. He's going to do it both times, which I know sounds outrageous, and I, and I know people listening are like. You're an idiot and you're a novice and, and Cardi's schooling you. But if you look at his points, 10, 18, 19, they're all great. Or rebounds, you know, 9, 8, 10, um, which are great. Assists, 10, 7, you know, they're, they're up there. So one of those, I just need one of those things to click. And I think he'll do that. He'll, he'll do that okay. twice. So all right, I'll, I'll let's do that. that. Miller, McKee gets it in the middle for the win. Turn up late. I have some questions time. Uh 
I'm going to read this tweet first at Australia Sports Stats, which is a great stat, a uh, great podcast, oh, great Twitter account. Youngest player to have 10 assists in an NBA game. They were 18 years old and 355 days. It was LeBron James. Number two was a 19-year-old in seven days, LeBron James. Number three, though, was a 19-year-old in 17 days, Josh Giddy, which is incredible. Uh, and really what I want to focus on, but also a little bit, I want to tell you that the next one, two, three, four were also all LeBron. When he's 19 and 17 days, 19 and 67 days, 19 and 88 days. I mean, I still love Jordan. Jordan is, is the goat. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. But it is amazing when you do see little things like that, like youngest player to get 10 assists. It was just all LeBron until Josh Giddy turned up. So, which is really a um, an incredible thing for Josh. It's The tweet ends with, he's in decent company. Uh, your brother messaged us saying, please make sure you talk about Josh Giddy at Mario underscore Siegs. The uh, Media Watch Mario said, you better appreciate Josh Giddy in this podcast. He got you over the line in your bet after you jinxed poor Patty. So he also is insisting that we talk about um, Joshy G. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, is he, I don't really know what my question is. My question, I guess, is, is he, I know I've asked you before, is he the real deal? We kind of said yes. We, it looks like he might be the real deal. No, you said that no one anticipated that he was going to get picked up by OSKC, but I certainly didn't think that he'd be starting and that he'd be like a starring role of it. Like, was I off on this? Was this normal? What, what's doing? Oh, I think he's he's over he's overachieving. No, that's probably not the right word. He's he's surprising people. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. As I said, no one expected him to go six. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts during my weeks and I think he was mentioned on every one of them this week. <laughs> uh, so he is, he is the man that everyone wants to talk about. Uh, we talk about the Lakers game, uh, which I, the day before the Lakers game, I said that OKC wouldn't win a game all season. Uh, and then the next that. day they literally won yeah. against the Lakers, which I was really happy to be wrong about as a, as a non Lakers fan, but uh they were down twenty. Um, they were down twenty six points, um, mm. and no Lakers team has ever lost Oof. when down by twenty five um, points. And so, uh, but being up by twenty five points, so it was a pretty rem- remarkable game. And and Giddy was um, a big reason that they were that good. Um, he has great vision, and I say that as in he doesn't just he doesn't just pass the ball and hope that the guy next to him is going to hit the shot. I mean, he's playing with a pretty ordinary team. So for him to be on that assist list is pretty phenomenal as well, but he just sees the game very well. And uh, I think that is something that's going to put him in good stead to be a great NBA player. I don't know if he's a superstar, uh, but everyone's loving him at the moment. They love the, and then as an Australian, obviously we just over index on all that and, and, and hope that he's the next best, best thing. But I mean, there's a, there's a chance that he's the, the best player I'm going to, take Ben Simmons out of this conversation because he's not really Australian, uh, but he could or be playing. the best Australian. Yeah. All playing, <laughs> yeah. but he could be the best Australian player that we, we ever produced that from Oof. an NBA statistics point of view. Yeah. Um, that's not to oversay. Now there's a couple of things I would say on that. His defense is pretty atrocious, but in general, OKC's de- defense is pretty atrocious and they just, I mean, it's, it's a tough team to watch. If it wasn't for him, like I'm, I'm definitely not watching a game because it's pretty, it's it's mm. pretty brutal. Um, and that Lakers game, I mean, they were pretty lucky to win that game. Um, Giddy inbounded the ball, threw straight it away. To Carmelo Anthony, straight, like the fourth greatest score of NBA time. <laughs> Couldn't believe exactly. that. Exactly. Who then airballed a three to finish the game? I mean, it, it was the most 
unbelievable sequence I've ever seen. Um, and Giddy would have just been having nightmares had yeah. that ball gone in and it went to overtime. But because again, um, someone open ran to cut a line in front of him and he and he like dummied to him and then threw the longest ball ever to an, a guy fell over. But the but the you say it's one of the craziest um sequences, but you got to go into the play before because the way that the ball went out, like I, when I first saw the whole highlight again on Twitter. I was thinking, how the hell is OKC inbounding from there anyway? Like, how did this play start? And then watching it, the Lakers airballed the ball out and then had another yeah. shot at it. Like, it was just an insane um, sequence. It was a crazy game. It was a really was a crazy game. And I was watching because of the, you know, the giddy, the giddy fanfare. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I think he's he's definitely a a solid NBA player at the moment as he stands right now. This rookie class is actually much better than I even, I, I knew it was going to be good. I think it's even better than I expected. Uh, he at number six um, looks like he deserved that number six spot right now and maybe potentially even higher uh, depending on what happens uh, with the other rookies. Kate Cunningham played his first game today. Uh, the number one pick, he was pretty, pretty ordinary. I think he had two points and one for eight from the field. So um, it'll take him a while to get going. And then we talked about Mobley and Suggs and those guys. Scotty Barnes in Toronto um, is the man that everyone is actually talking about. He had 19 and 12 today. He was he was wow. a beast and he's looking really good too. So the class is really strong. And I think Giddy just rounds that sort of top six out to say, yeah, look, he deserves to be there. So we'll... we'll um, We'll hear about. We'll probably use his name every podcast. That's my. That's my. Uh, that's my prediction. Joshy G, can't wait to screw that up a bunch of times. Joshy G, <laughs> J E J or something like that. The uh, one thing I'll just say about him as a non-expert watching him, his pass selection seems excellent. He, he's not just hitting guys open. He's, I mean, other than that horrible one to come out of Anthony, the um, yeah, the he, the choices that he's making, the what type of pass, not just the timing and whatnot, but also the type of pass, excellent, looks great. Um, now, I just want to also, my next question is, does this sound like the NRL to you? At um, Cassius Ransom, this officiating is going to get someone hurt. The league was already shooting near historic lows in FTA per game. Now NBA needs to stop listening to uneducated fans about how to fix the pacing of the game. That sounds exactly like they were talking, except for the uh, historic lows of FTAs. The rest of it uh, it sounds exactly like what we've just been through in rugby league, that there are people out here listening to fans trying to change the pacing of the game. I couldn't even believe that that was the uh, the wrinkle that they're trying to iron out. Um, I didn't, I mean, it's, it appears like such a well-run sport and and all the other things that I was waxing lyrical before. Does it have this, does it really have an air of um, knee-jerk reaction to things or is this like a, is, is this just me accidentally turning up at a time where they've just changed rules for the first time in a long time and and some people are complaining about it? I, th I think every year that there's something uh, that they kind of focus on, especially at the start of the year. And so um, the hardened example that we talked about before where he wasn't getting the calls and then all of a sudden one game and maybe they changed that officiating slightly. I think there's always something and I think right. most sports experience that. Uh, so I would say that it's not a... It's, it, it, there's a lot of armchair, you know, supporters, people that never play basketball in their life, right? And who 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 watch a product and want it to be a certain way. And so I I, I don't think it's an overreaction. It's um, the NBA is pretty good at introducing new things. What they do is they try a lot of the the uh, tests in the G League, right. and they test those those you know, timeouts and and um, the reviews and all that sort of thing. They look at all the rules and they make changes. But um, this one, particularly around the the, uh, the three-frame um, attempts is really the one that's 
kind of got people, everyone talked about it last year. And so they had to kind of make some sort of change to say, look, we, we, we don't think it's a great product that those guys are sort of falling over after getting hit or hooking arms or whatever. So let's make a change. I, but it like we grew up watching nineties basketball. I mean, they used to beat the hell out of each other mm. when they went in. If you went in, like anyone watched anything to do with Jordan, I mean, he got absolutely killed every time he went up to the basket. And, and it's probably, there's probably a lot of people that think that it got a little soft. And so uh, I think they're letting them play is, is something that happens a lot in the playoffs. They let the game flow a little bit more. It's a bit more physical. Um, and I think it really hurt the American team early in the Olympics as well, because the, the FIFA rules basically let people play a little bit more and they weren't getting those superstar calls. And mm. so it took the U S a little bit to get, to get used to it. But I don't think it's, I don't think the product's, bad by any stretch of the imagination so. no I'm, I'm certainly not watching it going this doesn't look like basketball it looks great uh, my yeah. final question is is kevin durant as good at finance as he is at basketball and i want to also just remind everyone that he is incredible at basketball at nathan bar 27 b a u g h so i may have said that wrong Bo, maybe kevin durant is one of the best investors on the planet he's earned 272 million from nba contracts and built a business empire off the court he goes on to tweet all this can't happen without kevin's business partner rich Kleiman, a legend in his own right together the two have invested in 50 plus companies through 35 ventures that's sounds so smart um not just to have smart people like rich klein around them or Kleinman, sorry but you could have a million people, well, tens of thousands of people getting around you as a rich person to tell you what you should do, particularly a rich sports person where your focus won't be on, on those ventures that will be on your craft. So the fact that he's found Rich, who's allegedly doing a great job, but he must be having some kind of input. Well, is he having some kind of input to, to the best of your knowledge or, or what do you think is happening here? Uh, is, am I just getting so swept up in, in Kevin Durant, everything because he's playing so well for me or is there a real story here? No, I think... He's known as a he's been known as a as a smart investor and someone that has a really diversified portfolio. I mean, whether he's making those decisions, who who would ever really know? But I mean, the fact that to your point, you just you surround yourself with smart people and you become you look great. Isn't that every businessman's you know ideal situation? So I brought you in, man. Um, You're my rich client. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I can make Kevin Durant. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the the great thing about being a celebrity and getting into startups um, is this like, you know, discount entry price. Um, she's like, you get in because you're a celebrity, you get a bigger stake that you would, than you mm. normally probably would for the money. And it's because you can use your celebrity to promote a product or whatever. So anything that he invests in the, the first conversation is, oh, Kevin Durant's business is one of ours and he's a global brand. Right. Mm. So it makes a whole lot of sense that his businesses that he does invest in, uh, do well because of the publicity that he brings to those businesses, but that's not to say that um, they're not great businesses in themselves. Uh, so there's there's a couple of articles on it if anyone you know was interested in reading about it. But um, there's um, you know things like the Robinhood um, stock trading pl platform. He was he's one of the investors in that. I mean that that has its own uh, sort of celebrity because of the the uh, the action that it, it caused earlier this year. But there's a bunch of stuff that he will that he's he's across and uh i think he's just a really smart smart um smart businessman and the new nba player who doesn't leave the nba and blow their money away right like he's mm. he, him and lebron and those guys they're always looking for how to make the best and they invest in teams and even to the cards uh some of the some of the uh the 
the recent acquisition um, around the card licenses, Kevin Durant's, one of his companies was associated with some of that as well. So they're looking wow. at like, it's not even just outside. It's like, how do we make the NBA stronger and how do we get a bigger piece of this pie mm. um, so that they can then go out and buy teams and do whatever like Jordan has and Dwayne Wade has with Utah and those guys like, you know, they're, so they're, they're sort of giving back as well. So you can't, can't underestimate that. Um, um, respect to them. Having 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 made two hundred and thirty five million, I think you said, uh, over the course of his career, probably makes it a little bit easier to take a bit more risk as well. I'd say he doesn't have to worry about where he's going yeah, yeah, to yeah. put uh, food on the table. The um, interesting thing, though, he said is that once you once they say, "Oh, this is one of Kevin Durant's businesses," you know, it has a certain thing. Well, that also takes a certain amount of brand development. That he now sounds so smart, like such a smart investor, that if he's invested that has its own capital, you know, that people would then go, okay, well, if he's in, you know, that would be extremely valuable. My favourite one is that he invested in some small door-to-door, um, I think they were saying clothes, uh, like Uber, but for clothes in possibly New York, whichever city it was. And he did the deliveries for a day or for a week where he would drive and drive the Nike studio door. And then they sold that business to Uber for 11 million times the price, you know, in about six months or a year later. So that was so smart. And that lends exactly to what you're saying before. The moment he gets involved and is happy to actually physically get involved, that will have huge impacts on, on, um, on how that business goes, particularly with cultural things like that, that he can impact. Uh, you mentioned cards there. I want to know what's happening in that, that beautiful world. Uh, I just, just one thing, one more thing on um, KD, which never, never goes on and, you know, I think it's important to call it out that, you know, he has his own charity as well. And so, oh, and LeBron, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those, those guys are, they're not just like going and banking. I mean, they're literally giving back uh, and building schools and, and contributing to the, the institutions that they grew up with and the, and the, taking the kids, um, giving them opportunities. So, I mean, like anyone that's doing that, I'm all for, I'm all for, so always well going to support that. Um, so cards, a couple of things this week. Um, shout out to one of my, I, I talked about this a couple of times with the card community and people giving back and um, a lot of people trading and giving kids cards and trying to get people into it. But um, I got a, uh, a, nice, a nice message from one of my customers the other day who had bought me a card um, to say thank you for all the, the sort of support and advice that I'd yeah. offered um, as part of, you know, doing business with me, which was pretty awesome. So I got so a kind. It was really nice. Yeah, I got an Amari Stardomire autograph. He's a player that I collect. So I thought that was really cool. So shout out to Brett for that. Um, pretty stoked to that. Um, Amari Stardomire was playing for the Knicks when I went and saw them, and he had an absolute game. It was the first time I'd ever heard all of Madison Square Garden shout MVP while he's at the free throw line. Um, and that was a, that was an experience. I, I got tingles every time they did it. It was it was great. So I'm glad that you brought yes. him up. But before you, I'm so sorry, Andrew, but you said he's one of the players you collect. So do you have a player? Like, do you have set people you try and get multiple cards for the one person? Yeah. So every most most people that collect uh, have what they call a PC, so their personal collection. Oh. Uh, and so for me, I have seven players that I collect who are, but I only collect them in their son's uniform. So I collect oh. Amari, but only in his son's gear. So uh, if the card's in the New York gear, then I'm I'm not keeping it. So um, yeah, I have a, I have seven, I think it's seven or eight players that I collect from different eras, uh, and so that's pretty pretty common. You'll have uh, most people will PC a, a bunch of players, you know, five or six, or depending how how big it is. Some people only have one. There's a couple of people that have amazing collections of just one player. Uh, so 
your goal is to get as many of those cards or whatever you're collecting to um into your collection mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. That's what sorry, sorry, that was that's interesting. And I can't wait oh. also to Easter egg the other like six. You said you got seven. Don't tell us them all now, but like just through the the ebb and flow, we'll find out more of your PCs. Uh, I could, yeah. Anyone that's anyone that follows the Suns will know know most of the ones. Probably the 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 most um, my favorite player is a guy called Kevin Johnson from who played guy. against Jordan. Yeah, and um, who's you're going to make the T-shirt for? Mm -hmm. um, he's my favorite player. So he's probably the most random. PC that I have, but the right. good thing about that is, is these cards aren't overly expensive, so I can pick up some good cards <laughs> yeah. um, that don't cost me that don't cost me an arm or a leg. So he's he's my favorite player. Yeah. Um, the big announcement this week in the cards is a product that came out last year called One and One, and uh, it was a product that was sold for about seven hundred dollars a box in Australia, uh, and then that was upon release and by. 18 months later, it was selling for two and a half thousand a box. Oh, um, it yeah. only it only has two cards in it, um, and for two thousand um, dollars, and so it's a very high risk, high reward um, product. Um, and it was the first time it had come out last year, and they just announced this week that it's coming out. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, it's the highest product. Uh, it's the most expensive product I've ever opened, as in um, it being a two thousand dollar box i've never opened anything um there's another tier of product that um is higher than that that i haven't personally opened so um everyone's going to be excited for that it's going to be a really big release in a couple of weeks do you know uh, what the um RP, what's it, what are they selling this one for is it 700 i know it was uh know. it hasn't been hasn't okay. been released yet um but i i'm going to say that it'll move even if it goes it'll probably be closer to the sort of thousand mark okay. thousand us mark i'm going to say that it'll resell here for two and a half three thousand again <laughs> And so the, um, the 700 that they originally paid for, you said it was then worth two and a half, 18 months later. That's unopened? Like the box is still just boxed? Yeah, the box is unopened, so that's untouched. So when you open it, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, there is there was a card, there was a couple of cards in there that um, became really collectible and and you could move for sort of five to ten times that very easily if you hit one of those cards. So um, it's a nice, it's a really, really nice product. All the cards are actually not in packs, they're actually sealed in holders already. So a lot of people buy hold um, open their cards and put them in holders. Uh, which you buy separately, but these cards, they're actually already boxed in the holders themselves. That's how elite so they are. Really, yeah. It's a really nice product. So um, one and one. So that'll come out in um, the 7th of December. Um, and then one other thing from the card world this week, uh, there was a card that uh, was is the holy grail of cards, I would suggest, um, and probably the card that if not the most expensive card to ever be sold, if it ever gets sold, um, it would hit that. So um, we have uh, PSA, which is a grading company who grade the cards based on how they look, how the edges are, what the autographs look like, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wow. um, and so they have, this is a PSA 10. So it's, a, it's the top of the top of the range and it's what they call a triple logo man. So it's the logo, the NBA logo from the jerseys of three players. And this card in particular is LeBron, Kobe and MJ. Um, logos uh, so it's the 2004 upper deck exquisite card um, it, it it's probably won't the guy that got it graded uh, probably uh, won't ever sell it he said this week um, but it's a 10 million dollar card oh I'm my saying. god so it, it's not that, the number I thought you were going to say and I knew it was going to be big it's it's probably it'll break all the records if it ever gets sold that's I, mansions I, I bro imagine. mansions yeah, it, 
mention it's, I don't, I, it's um it's it it's uh it, it's a yeah it, it'll sell for something like that that's aud but uh if it ever if it ever goes on sale i'm buying um, my it's, mansion it's, aud dude so i get it it's it's mansion that's <laughs> crazy it's the it's the holy grail and it's the priceless card that uh, come back, come back to it. Come back to it. So I don't understand it. Well, I thought I understood, but now, now if I want mansions, I've got to better understand. So it has all three players on the card, or it just it has it has the logos, the logo, the what, NBA it has the Cavs, the Lakers. What? what the logo time? is in the NBA logo, so it's called the logo man. So you know the little NBA logo. Yeah, but how much does that change? It's it doesn't change. Bouncing the ball. It's the oh. it's the three of them on one card on a game used jersey. So it was cut out of a game used a, a jersey that was used in a game by those three respective players. Oh. Uh, and so it's a one of one. So there's the only card that was made like that. Is it the normal uh, it's a pretty size amazing card? card? It is. It's probably a bit fat. It's, it's pretty. Okay. It's a bit. It's a bit fatter. But and so uh, it has, yeah, it's, from their jersey, they've cut off. No, and from LeBron's jersey. They've cut off LeBron, the NBA Jordan, dude. and Kobe. Yeah, yep. and they've put those fabric things on on a somehow on a card. In the card, yep. So in the, the cards, card. the okay. cards there's, okay. and then they put the three of them in. Okay, and well, for it to cool. get okay. for for it to get graded a ten is remarkable. Uh, I think that was the biggest shock that a card of that. Uh, it's really hard to get those kind of thicker stock cards graded ten uh, for it to be considered perfection is is amazing in itself so did that the was guy get it out of a week. pack how the fuck did this guy come across it he didn't open yeah, a pack so and find it someone would have at some point yes no. i don't know i don't know whether it's the guy who owns it today um it's from 2004 it's a set it's what 17 years old now uh but it would have been it would have been pulled out of upper deck exquisite which was a really expensive product um someone at the time, fucking so. made that card and put it into that yeah. pack like this is a pretty amazing. This is a real fucking mind blow, and they only did it once. Welcome, and they didn't steal it. Welcome to the cards, yeah. I know, but I would well, have I mean, made it and been like, so as I quit, and I'm buying mansions in Australia. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it was made, it was probably. I mean, the, this is the crazy thing about the card market. It, it when that card was made, it would have been a really, uh, it would have been a card that was highly sought after. But to think that it's worth that kind of money now, uh, you, you're talking. You know, it probably back in the day it would have been a couple hundred thousand, whereas now those cards are just selling for crazy money. So let's see. I, I mean, I might be, I'm, I could be exaggerating. No one's probably ever going to know because I don't think it ever goes on sale. And if it does go on sale, it probably, it probably sells to a private buyer who's just, who's got billions. You know? Well, I'm so. excited, and I've never bought, I haven't bought an NBA card. Actually, I bought some last year um, with my nephew, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't ever been in the world of like investing. I've never even tried to buy a mansion, which is essentially what I'm trying to do with this. So, and I'm Jade. I'm excited. I want to pull people together and like see if we can make it happen because that's they're the three that everyone talks about. Like whoever just thought to make that card was really smart and to only do one. It's a shame that whoever made that gets no windfall of the money that you know comes from it. They're just an artist and have let it go into the universe. That's another crazy thing now. I think about it. Da Vinci, I mean, he never got any money, but if if he'd sold the Mona Lisa, like he's rich for life, this person makes a card and then just makes the next card. That's unreal. Yeah, and the guys that make the cards or design those cards uh, do, for the people that follow, um, there's names that you would associate with the designs of certain cards. Oh, there's, wow. there's, there is there, there is there is a um, a credit for the people that design you know these cards and and the series that are highly sought after. So what a job. Yeah. Pretty amazing. LeBron to win the game. He does! 
We found the end of another ep. You legends who have listened all the way through. I mean, I say thank you, but you're going to be so happy that you listened all the way through to a goddamn triple logo man one. Um, so we hope that you have good looks and you open up a pack and find you know a quadruple logo man. Katie B, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you, sir. Loved it. It was really good. Thanks, mate. Enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like at Brooklyn Netcast. And we'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. Sports Best Friends is hosted by me, Big T, and co-hosted by Ben Charlton. Music by Love Drunk Hearts, edited by Big T. We are brought to you by Cards from the Bench, and we are part of the Brooklyn Netcast Media family. Fucking hell. Patty Mills, Patty Mills. You are you dickhead.